recorded live. Hello, this is William Fink, and this is Christogenia Saturdays. Praise Yahweh, the God of Israel, and thank you for listening. Tonight is February 8th, 2014. I understand that I still have a Pragmatic Genesis series on the back burner, so to speak, for the last few weeks. We are going to also continue presenting Martin Luther, even though that could be a little laborious at times, I feel that it has to be done. Hopefully, as we proceed through Martin's, Martin Luther, his paper on the Jews and their lies, that it will, when, once when we get past his arguments against the Jews and, and, and um, their identity and all of that, and into some of the the, the better historical details which Martin Luther has to offer, I, I pray it will get more interesting. Tonight we have something different. We have Pastor Mark Downey here. We haven't had him here on Christian Air in a while, probably too long. We're going to present one of his, it, it's not really a paper, it's more of a, um, a, a topic that he's had to discuss in various venues at great length. Well, well, over the past several years, entitled, Who Hates Christian Identity and Why? I will um, turn the microphone, so to speak, over to him and, and let him give us the reasons for this paper. Hello, Mark. Praise Yahweh. Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me on again. Thank you for being here. Well, this, this um, subject started about eight years ago. And uh, it, it was at another venue, uh, a discussion board, touted as uh, the world's largest racialist website. <laughs> and uh, it had a subform for Christian identity. Uh, however, um, we, we got tired of the, the constant uh, bashing and, and disinformation uh, virtually coming from all quarters. And um, so that was kind of the, the epicenter that uh, germinated uh, my starting a, a thread with this very title, Who Hates Christian Identity and Why? And uh, it, it's quite obvious that uh, uh, it's, there's Jews and, and Catholics and Judeo-Christians and pagans and atheists um, and even some so-called white nationalists that hate Christian identity. Now, I'm not saying all of them hate Christian identity, but uh, it's, it's a problem that uh, has been festering uh, for quite some time. And um, in eight years, I just checked it today, there, there's almost 20,000 people that have uh, looked at this thread. So there is an interest uh, in it for uh, one reason or another. Uh, I think basically we've, we've gotten a, a bad rap uh, because of uh, these assaults coming from different quarters. And uh, tonight I thought that we would uh, kind of break it down into these categories of who they are and if we can figure out what motivates them to... Uh, attack Christian identity the way they do. Um, you know, the, the religious opposition is no doubt a reaction to the the same threat that uh, 
Christ posed to the establishment of his day, and that is competition. <laughs> uh, I think it was John D. Rockefeller who said competition is a sin. But uh, if identity is right, and I've been in this since 1976, and I believe it is, the, uh, the establish, establishment churches uh, will be going out of business uh, sooner than later, I hope. It's the Christian identity premise is also misrepresented at uh, every turn by these adversaries who I think maliciously lie uh, about what we are exactly. And this is seen within the various factions um, trying to play their little power trip games. And, um, you know, the, the ones who are always saying that race comes before religion, um, but the 14 words before uh, David Lane, uh, before the cross. Well, tonight I would like for us to talk about these avowed enemies who have made a concerted effort to revile and speak all manner of evil against us. Uh, it's time, I think, we expose the nature of our opposition. And I think this can be the most informative discussion for people that are familiar uh, with Christian identity uh, and are subjected to the, the negative propaganda. Those who uh, continually quench the spirit uh, of those looking for answers. Um, you know, I would add uh, also perhaps the, uh, the lunatic fringe. I, uh, I just got a, um, an email today from uh, some new folks into Identity, and they had found this website that has been uh, slandering Christian identity for years. And... Um, and some of it uh, directed uh, at you and myself. I've, I've been the target longer than you have. But he, he wondered, what's up with that? And um, so I had to, I didn't have the time to have a long, drawn-out explanation, but um, people who have been around for a while know uh, who I'm talking about, uh, this uh, uh, foul-mouthed, uh, Jew pedophile that uh, continually acts like a, a madman, uh, but uh, I'm a little tired of continually putting out these, these brush fires from uh, theological arsonists, I guess if we could call them, which is really a distraction from the, the great research, and you're one of them, that uh, our CI scholars are equipped to provide uh, people seeking answers. So I think it's safe to say that war has been declared against us, therefore we have the duty uh, to defend our main premise and analyze those who hate it. Um, Isaiah 59, 19 says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against them. And I hope that's what we do tonight. Well, well, it's absolutely true that Christian identity is attacked from all sides, from within and from without. 
but but especially from within that they are it seems to me the, the um, most effective of our enemies are those who are able to infiltrate us and subvert and I found that me personally and and as you said I haven't been a target very long I found Christian identity or, or it found me in in 1997 and and um, I, I spent two long hard years in in deep meditation thought prayer and, and decided that Christian identity had to be true and from that time I devoted myself to it to, to the study of Christianity of Greek of history but I was sheltered so I had a huge advantage all of my thought all of my writing I mean for the most part even though I write quite a bit now I produce at least 15 pages a week all of my my, my foundational ideas were formulated in, in those years that I was sheltered I didn't have to fight too many battles I um I I worked with and helped Clifton Emmerheiser for quite a while. I wrote a few letters to people I disagreed with, Ted Whelan, Dave Barley. That they're posted on on my website somewhere. But but um for the most part I was sheltered and and I didn't have to deal with the attacks, the the, the smears of of my character or my person. And, and that was a huge benefit. It's only five years now that, that I'm out doing this and, of course, have been a, a target of, of, of some of the um, mechanizations of, of, of the enemy. I consider them the enemy. Most of the people that, that um, have contentions with me from my experience, and, and even Melissa has often defended me in venues such as Facebook, are from people who would loathe me for sticking to that one drop principle that I outlined in my Broken Cisterns papers way back 2004-2005 that, that if you're one drop of gray to a bucket of white paint and it's no longer one white paint what we have to stick 100% to the racial ideal and to um, the, the upholding that ideal of Yahweh's creation, of God's creation. And, and if we don't, then we're compromisers and we're sliding right down the slippery path to the lake of fire. That's the way it is. Those people that would compromise, even from inside Christian identity, that would compromise that principle, they hate me the most. Now, now, I haven't dealt, I was on Stormfront for a while back in, um, yeah, that's where I met you, but back in, um, 2000 and, 2009, but, but I haven't dealt too much with the, the Catholics, the Baptists, all those people. I, I try to focus more on just producing my academic work and, and the hell with all those people. If, if you're out in, in the public and, and a, a, a forum, a, a racialist forum is the, the equivalent of that, that then you're going to have to um, take shots from all of those people as well. They all hate us, and, and that, that's you're indeed right. But um, I've been pretty much shielded from that myself. Well, racial purity has always been foundational to Christian identity. So that's, that's one indicator that, that 
whenever there's opposition to that, uh, and, and as we'll see tonight, there's different levels. Uh, there are some people that are just ignorant, and there's others that have an agenda. But it, it's basically um, those those adversaries, or I think enemies is the strongest word we could use, is is they hate us because they don't have a love of the truth. And um, uh, I think it's Second Thessalonians 2.10 that says, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. So it's liars and false accusers that really hate Christian identity. Well, well, right, but my, my, my biggest heartache, honestly, is that the white brethren who I know are, are decent white men and women who, who really, that, that they like to listen more than they like to read and, and study. And not all of us can be Greek scholars or, or um or biblical experts, and I, I don't even consider myself a biblical expert, right? But, well, well, we all can't study to that level, so a lot of people like to listen, and, and they're captivated by people with sweet-sounding words. Their ears get tickled. That, that's my biggest heartache, is that these frauds that seek to corrupt the racial principle of Christian identity, which is the entire identity half of the equation, well, well those people, and, and it's also a lot of the Christian half also, well, well those people that listen to those um, interlopers and, in, and, and, and infiltrators who would corrupt the racial message simply because they like to hear them or they think they could learn a little bit from them, that they're actually empowering the infiltrators. That's my biggest heartache, It is that uh, I have to stand by and watch what, what I believe are decent people be caught up in that trap and, and, and not know any better than to turn those clowns off and, and give them the boot. Well, that is sad to see. Um, but uh, I think the phenomenon... A Christian identity is that we do have so many people that have a passion for the truth, and they're not afraid to uh, study and, um, and and read um, and buy books and uh, uh, share their thoughts uh, with others in the, in the marketplace of ideas within Christian identity. Uh, we don't have any national leader or national headquarters were really uh, a grassroots uh, uh, type of thing. Well, well, right, but we should have several basic principles to stand by and to stand 100% behind, and, and that's that Joshua Christ is God, come in the flesh, that white is white, and it's not gray and, and and that that all non-whites are outside of the covenant relationship with God all non-whites are outside of the covenant relationship with God and, and no matter what you want to think of, of where they're going to end up and um, 
that there's a lot of division over that. But that's besides the point. Those non-whites can never, ever, ever be brought into that covenant relationship. And that we, as a people, if we are going to please our God, must remain separate from those non-whites 100%. And, and that's our ideal. And, and those three ideals, we cannot compromise. Those three ideals are the basic um, foundational Beliefs that make us Christian identity. They can't be compromised. For the last two minutes, I was having uh, phone difficulties uh, with a loose wire or something, so I was in the process of switching. Well, well, I understand. I, I, I just I encapsulated the principles that I basically, what when we first met, that that I had expressed at that time, the Christ issue, the race issue, and 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 the outsiders issue. That those three. Those three principles can't be compromised. Non-whites can never be part of our company, and Jesus Christ is God, and and Christianity is for our white race. Period. And and there's no compromising that. If Christian, if all identity Christians stayed by those principles, we could not be infiltrated. We we could not be subverted from in within or without. Yeah, I think it was in the 70s, there was a, a motto in our movement, racial purity is our national security. Absolutely. Well, would you like to jump into the, uh, the categories that I've outlined? And, and well, well, this is your baby, and, and I'm just going to follow along, so you lead the way. Well, the main culprit uh, at the head of the list is... Uh, uh, Jewry itself, the ADL, Benibra, JDL, etc. And uh, I mentioned that liars and false accusers hate Christian identity, and most people don't know, but uh, Judaism uh, has a, a thing built into its religion, uh, which is an annual event to disannul their vows uh, and their uh, promises, called the Kal Nidra. So, uh, right off the bat, uh, we have uh, those who hate Christian identity uh, coming against us uh, with a battery of lies and, and misrepresentations. And anybody that's been in it long enough uh, knows that uh, it's the charges that, that they assail against us um, most of the time are just half-truths or not the truth at all. It's just uh, ridiculous diatribes. Um, and they've done their job well. Uh, most of the uh, uh, attacks I've witnessed uh, coming from young people uh, get their info uh, about Christian identity from the Internet. And um, well, sometimes when you view polls that uh, ask for the age of people answering the poll. You can see our problem. There's way too much youthful inexperience and uh, too much gullibility. Um, there's a lack of wisdom that knows no bounds here. And, and the Jews have so infiltrated the churches and our institutions and uh, been brainwashing the, the sheeple for Two thousand years. It's nonstop. This war uh, by Esau Edom against Jacob Israel, 
so much so that uh, they, they've stolen our name, <laughs> which is uh, such massive uh, brainwashing that uh, most people today, when you ask them who's Israel, they'll say Jews. Um, so it's similar to the brainwashing they used uh, caused most of Judah and Benjamin to reject Christ uh, when he was here on, on earth in the flesh. The, the areas where Jews were not known were the areas where Christianity was more widely accepted. And um, we have the same thing in Christian identity. We have strongholds, we have pockets of the country um, that are stronger than others. And I would probably say in the last couple of presidential elections, it was the rural areas that went Republican and the uh, metropolitan areas that went with the Democrats. So. As we see the Jews' grip on our society tighten, we see Christianity subverted more and more. Uh, and because of that, we see uh, a resurgence of dead religions and uh, others just being invented. Uh, I, uh, I got an email the other day um, that went to John DeNugent's website. I don't know if you know him or not. Oh, he's well, a flake. He is, uh, and, but um, he, he is ranked as one of, uh, there, there's another email I got last week, the top 10 anti-Semitic websites, and he was in the top 10. So I don't know how they figured out who's the most anti-Semitic. Interestingly enough, Christian identity wasn't mentioned at all. No, no, they don't want to draw attention to real Christian identity websites. I, I've decided that a long time ago, that they will continue to... Overlook them. Uh, I mean, Chris Tegeni has been in, in the top 200,000 websites in the world, but for um, most of the last four years, that, that's just a fact. I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm just stating a fact. John DeNugent's website, he, he's scarcely in the top four million websites in the world. He, he's just a clown, and, and, and the Jews would love to take a clown like Don, John DeNugent and promote him as a, a, a racist and an anti-Semite because it's so easy to make him look like a fool. And, and they love to trumpet fools before the media and, and before the people and say, hey, look at this clown. He's an anti-Semite. And, and uh, people go look at his website and, and they see all these wacky ideas and, and they're going to say, well, anti-Semites are idiots. That's the, what the Jews yeah, want to do. I was going to say the same thing. That they, they, um, to use your term, they look for flakes like that uh, to encourage them behind the scenes. Because there's one thing that caught my eye, and I'm sure there's other people that will take the hook and uh, and uh, follow along this, with the Pied Pipers. He said, white people need a new religion. No, white people need to practice Christianity, and it's the only religion that's ever been effective against the Jew. The, the problem... Another problem in Christian identity is um, facilitating clowns like John DeNugent. I don't know how many articles or, or, or statements or pictures or whatever from John DeNugent I see from people that are supposed to be identity Christians. John DeNugent is an example of what's 
a, a harebrained white nationalist that's 100% opposed to Christian identity. Identity Christian should give this man no credibility whatsoever, and you still have identity Christians who who go kiss up to this clown, and, and that's all he is. He's he, he's just he's an antichrist turkey. He, he's another circus sideshow in in the the, the 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 great Ringling Brothers circus that the Jews love to promote. Yeah, well, it's the faith of our fathers. If we look at history. And if we look at what worked for our race, uh, we don't need a new religion. We need to, as the, one of the last things in the Old Testament was the fathers turning their hearts to their children and the children turning their hearts to their fathers. Um, that is a racial heritage. That is Christianity that's been with us for 2,000 years and has served us well. Uh, as long as the sheep didn't stray or be influenced uh, by wolves and and um, those who, you know, Christian identity is probably the closest thing in the world today to true Christianity. And so, when we're talking about historically those who have hated uh, our faith, it. It's really not Christian identity per se. It is, but it's really Christianity as a whole uh, that they're attacking. And they know that we have the potential uh, to do what's right in God's eyes. The Bible is cause and effect. And um, uh, I think the founding of uh, this country is a good example of, of when they they founded America on Christian principles, and they were blessed. When we turned away from God, we were cursed. So all one has to do is look at the faith of their fathers, not inventing any new religion uh, that um, is basically a false god. Well, well the ADL, the, the Benai Brith, the, the JDL, but especially the ADL and the SPLC, every once in a while they do set their sights on, on legitimate people. They do that. However, for the most part, what they do is they zero in on the worst of us so that they could use that as an example representing the most of us. And... and that they've been very effective with that at, at, at trumpeting the clown so that people that want to learn about Christian identity go to the, the go to, to look at these that these people and and decide that Christian identity is not for them because I, I mean that's what you're going to get but when you look at some of these people you're, you're not going to want to follow along with them you're not going to investigate exception to the rule that they'll use to exploit as uh, being typical rather than atypical. Right. But, um, you know, we have to keep in mind historically that um, the actual crucifixion of Christ was done by the Jews. Uh, they even said his blood be on us and our children. And nothing has changed in 2,000 years, that, that blood is still on their hands, and, uh, and they're proud of it. Uh, as they 
get more power, they get more bold as to um, their Talmudic aspirations. And Genesis um, 3.15, for example, is, is uh, speaking of this prophetic enmity that's perpetual. Uh, God said, I will put enmity or hostility between thee and the woman. It's between the white race and all these other humanoid bipeds. Well, well, and that's the way I look at it. That's the way I've always looked at it. I've always believed, and I presented that in Pragmatic Genesis, that there are two trees in the garden, the tree of life, which is Christ and, and his race, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which represents the, the, the corruption of God's creation. That same idea is uh, reiterated in the New Testament, Galatians 4.29, but as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. So there's nothing new under the sun, as they say. But well, no, absolutely. There's people born of the world and people born of God. And, and that's the, the biggest failure of Judeo-Christianity is to distinguish between the true, that they refuse to. That they, If you say, I believe Jesus, you're born of God, and, and if you, you reject Jesus, you must be born of the world. Well, well, that's not what the scripture teaches. The Apostle John says that a man's sin won't be imputed to him if his seed is in him. I also happened upon a book uh, last week. It was written in 1939 by a Marxist Jew uh, by the name of Harry Watton. The name of the book was A Program for the Jews and an Answer to All Semites, Anti-Semites, A Program for Humanity. And uh, in this book, he admitted that communism is Jewish, that Hitler was right, and the Jews' aim is to conquer the world. And if I could just uh, quote a few things from this book here, it's pretty revealing. He said, Judaism has already on its side more than half of the human race and in due time, it will have on its side the whole human race. Um, and uh, it, it, he admits it's not by the might of the sword, but by the truth. Of course, uh, Jewish truth is an oxymoron. <laughs> uh, so that uh, in declaring war against the Jews, Actually, it was the other way around. They declared war on Germany. Uh, he says the, the Nazis and the fascists declared war against the human race. Uh, so they, they rally all the non-whites uh, behind them. And it's not just us and the Jews. It's uh, uh, racially pure white people against everybody else who isn't. Uh, continuing, he says, and while most Jews believe in the general idea of immortality, the Jews have a deeper understanding of Judaism. They know that the only immortality there is for the Jew is the immortality in the Jewish people. In other words, they don't believe in an afterlife. They only believe what they can get away with in this life. Well, well that was the, the doctrine of the Sadducees, according to Josephus, and the New Testament. 
that the real spiritual fathers are the Sadducees. Well, we always hear that, that the Pharisees were the that the um, the, the, the foundation upon which modern rabbinical Jewry was built, and, and that's not true. That the, the um, preponderance of Jewish writing prevalent today is more of the nature of the Sadducees, and, and this reflects that perfectly. Well, yeah, and and the Jews hate the idea of um, resurrection, uh, which I think is a, a well-accepted tenet of Christian identity. And, and the Sadducees uh, rejected resurrection. They rejected everything spiritual. They rejected everything transcendental. And, and, and they didn't go so far as to deny the existence of a God, but they denied God's hand in the lives of men or God's care for judging the actions of man. And Josephus explains that. Well, another thing they hate is uh, the, the corporate body of Christ, uh, which explains why uh, they promote and push through movies and media and what have you uh, the extreme individualism. And uh, unfortunately, uh, that has seeped into Christian identity. We have way too many lone wolves in Christian identity. And uh, uh, we need our people to... Uh, start local fellowships and I do this all the time people ask me where can they go well I encourage them to start with two people uh, where two or more are gathered together there he is in the midst of them so uh, that, that's another reason uh, why Jews hate us uh, is when we get together uh, and show unity and having the same mind about things. Um, well, well, when we have Christian fellowship, we're, we're not buying Jewish pornography and, and, and Jewish amusements and, and everything else that the Jew has to offer. The, the Jew is always going to detest the, the, um, the, the body of Christ in true Christian fellowship and, and, and the, um, the, the self-imposition of the morals of God. Well, he makes quite a, a distinction between the, the struggle between communist and fascist. This is 1939. Uh, but he says the outcome of this struggle will determine the next social order. And um, well, well, it did. We don't see it, but the United States and, and Britain, I mean, we as a collective nation, the, the, the people of the nation don't understand it. But, but communism won. In 1945, and, and communism is owned by the international bankers. Well, one thing I wanted to point out here, and I know you and uh, Sword Brethren uh, did some shows on fascism, and uh, uh, they they like to play this game. Of, uh, it's really a war of words, and and sometimes you have to correct people or wonder why. Uh, when they're speaking of something evil, they'll they'll use the word fascist or Nazis or um, uh, high-handed tactics of the police. They'll they'll always say Gestapo. Well, why don't they say communist? Why don't they say KGB as pejoratives? Uh, it it kind of indicates a twisting of, of good and evil. It's, 
Christian nationalists just a mere 70 years ago. Well, well, that's absolutely true, but the dynamic there is that communism is actually a vehicle of Jewry, and, and they're never going to use that as a pejorative. Fascism, even though I, I don't really like fascism the, the way it was practiced in, in Mussolini's Italy, and Hitler's National Socialism really isn't fascism. But, but that's besides the point. Fascism was Italy's way of standing up against the, the international Jew, while National Socialism was Hitler and Germany's way of standing against the, the international Jew. And, and the Jews understand that, which is why they use those terms as pejoratives in order to demonize those ideas, because, well, well to them... In their perspective, nobody is supposed to get in the way of the international Jew. And, and they control the media, so they can... It's just what all I'm saying is that the use of language, or incorrect language, should raise red flags, uh, especially for people that are new to Christian identity, uh, the subtle use of words like fascist, uh, comes or racist even. That comes from... Uh, leftist, liberal-minded people right. that would hate right. what we believe in. So, so when an identity Christian hears somebody using the word Nazi, the word fascist, that the word that the name of Hitler, that the um, the word racist, when, when an identity Christian hears somebody using those terms as pejoratives, he should know right away that he's dealing with somebody from the side of the enemies of Christ. Right. Or somebody that's too ignorant to know. Well, well right, but, but even but those people that are too ignorant to know. Somebody been in Christian identity for quite some time and uses that kind of terminology, there's something wrong. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Identity Christians. Proverbs 4.16 typifies the typical Jew which says, for they sleep not except they have done mischief. And right. their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. Absolutely. So, so identity Christians should see people with these traits and, and some of the other things we mentioned earlier in this, in this segment tonight and ostracize those people. Those people should not be accepted in our numbers until that they cleanse their minds of the ideas of, of the enemy. So, so that they don't, um, their presence in identity Christian circles doesn't cause disruption and division. Well, there's some people that got a real obsessive compulsive penchant to keep white people away from Christian identity. And we need to learn how to identify these types by their fruits, uh, what it is they produce, and if it's producing uh, hostility towards Christian identity. Well, well, absolutely. But we should learn to identify them and, and ostracize those people, no doubt. We should ask, why is it okay for Jews to say that Jews are the chosen people and not find that hateful uh, when a white person says that white Christians are the chosen, it suddenly becomes hateful. Well, well, because white people should not shrink in the face of such groundless accusations, and, and it's a shame that they do. Uh, I wouldn't shrink if somebody called me a racist. I, I'd tell them, hey, look, you're, 
your worldview must be a Marxist worldview because racism is good. God was a racist. I'm not going to shrink at being called a racist. Oh, it should be a badge of honor, you know, that we love our race. Well, well, racism is love. Racism is love for God's original creation. The Jews use that as a pejorative because they hate that idea. They are a corruption of God's creation and seek to corrupt the, the and everything. That that that's that, that's what they live for is to corrupt God's creation. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people that regurgitate the Jewish propaganda they they hate what they can't really understand. Uh, just like atheists, uh, which we'll get to in a moment. They, they just can't hear our Father's voice, so they can't experience the spiritual aspect of our faith, so they deny it. No doubt. I have another category here of uh, Orthodox and Catholics hate Christian identity. And uh, I'm going to spend too much time on this. I, I think we did a program together, didn't we? The... The Catholic Menace? Or yes, we did back in May 2012, I believe. Yeah. When I was at your home. Right. Well, from the early inception of the Roman Catholic Church, it's been their intent to subvert and overtake Christianity as uh, really kind of a tool of the state. And that Constantine's edict of toleration puts Christianity on the same level as other religions, therefore not having any particular love for Christ and consequently a form of hate based on the equality of other deities. And um, I know you, you've discussed defining universal or universalism, but it's evolved within the Roman Catholic Church on a, a racial basis. Right. That, racial well, well, let me say that, that right from the, the time of Justinian, and, and probably a century or two before that was the word um, Catholic already perverted in, into a, a the political idea that it that, that it had under the Roman Catholic Church. That wasn't the original meaning of the word, but it was perverted by the time of Justinian. There's no doubt. Why well, don't we do get uh, some ex-Catholics that come into Christian identity and? Um, um, Half of them seem to have that, that uh, universal residue that, that still sticks in their minds, and it's, it's hard to, uh, uh, to get them in, uh, out of the, uh, the universalist mindset. Well, well, then they're not identity Christians, not yet, anyway. And, and that's what we have. Denominationalism in Christian identity is only because people of various denominations found Christian identity and accepted it and, and started calling themselves Christian identity. But we still have a lot of Catholics, a lot of Baptists, a, a, a lot of... We even have Pentecostals in Christian identity. One of the disinformation campaign... Uh, coming from non-Christian white nationalists is they say Christianity has been blamed for fratricide and white genocide in the name of God, when in fact it, it's, they're really talking about the non-Christian Roman Catholic Church that was uh, uh, 
applicable to that phrase, drunk with the blood of the saints. And uh, it wouldn't make any sense for those with a, a racial consciousness killing our own race in the name of our own God. That would be somewhat of an oxymoron. <laughs> right. The, the, um, the, the Catholic Church, what was always a tool of the state from the time of Justinian, from the time that he, in, in his novels, which are laws that he made governing the Byzantine Empire, he, he appointed by imperial decree that the Bishop of Rome would be the, the, the ecclesiastical head of all of the Christian churches. But which for for several centuries that had been that that had been tried in incremental steps and it always failed because all of that well, well many or enough of the other Christian assemblies in in various places resisted that. Yeah, it, it's kind of perplexing how any Christian nationalist and have a racial consciousness and call themselves a Catholic at the same time. Well, well, uh, right, absolutely. The, the, the Protestants and, and the, um, it's especially, this was especially manifested in the founding of the United States, that they, they um, some of the founders sought to exclude Catholics because they were not Christians, because they were Papists, and being a Papist, you imagine the, the so-called Bishop of Rome or the Pope to be the secular um, king of the world, and, and, and that is being double-minded. It's almost like being a Jew and, and having allegiance to Israel while calling yourself an American. It's, in essence, the same. Your allegiance is to the Pope, and, and you're calling yourself an American, you're basically a foreign agent, and, and a lot of the founders of this nation saw Catholics as foreign agents for that reason. And, and the Christian's allegiance should only be to Jesus Christ, because he is the, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He, he is the only rightful king over the children of Israel, and, and the Pope claims to be Vicar of Christ, but a living God doesn't need a viker. Where, where does a living God need a viker? A living man doesn't need a viker. A replacement for Christ on earth. That, that, that's, that the entire um, church dogma is basically antichrist. Yeah. Well, if a Catholic's going to entertain uh, becoming Christian identity, they're going to have to come out of, of the church. Uh, they can either hate Christ and love the beast church or love Christ and hate the beast. Right. There's really Absolutely. no other alternative. Absolutely. There's a reason why, and and I, I explained it at length in, in my Revelation series two years ago, but, but there's a reason why that, that, that series of empires is the first beast of Revelation 13. The Catholic Church is the second because the Catholic Church was indeed the successor of the Roman Empire and, and that series of empires which preceded it. The Catholic Church ruled over men in, in, in a manner which was contrary to the, to the laws of God in the Bible. That The Catholic Church sought to tyrannize men in, in a manner which was contrary 
to the teachings of Paul of Tarsus and, and the, the Christian assemblies, the independent Christian assemblies that, that were the, the, the um, which were what the apostles bequeathed to Christians. The church has always been contrary to that. Well, we have no room for Catholicism in Christian identity. The, the, um, what, well, one of the problems I see with Catholics, and, and maybe you haven't, it is that their insistence on sacramentalism. They can't leave behind sacramentalism. The, the idea that man can affect his own salvation by, by um, and, and the Baptists have this problem too, of course, but man cannot affect his own salvation by, by performing certain physical acts. We can't do it. Our salvation is not by works. It's by the grace and mercy of God. I agree. And it's probably also the mindset that the Catholic Church is the only church. Um, and that really um, uh, develops a loyalty uh, to an institution rather than to uh, Christ. Well, well, right. Paul told um, the, the Corinthians that he would not rule over their faith, and, and there is no mechanism in 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 the in the New Testament which um, allows one man or one Christian assembly to rule over another man or another Christian assembly. Men appointed their own leaders. Men appointed their own ministers and, and bishops, if I have to use that word. It's just a, um, a, a, a transliteration of the Greek word, which means overseer, meaning the overseer of a Christian community. Men appointed their own. So, so that, that's the church Paul left behind. I, I have um, pretty in-depth papers on that at, at my website. But, but that's besides the point that there's no... Biblical commission for popery, and, and that's yeah, basically top-down structure rather than bottom-up. Right. There's absolutely no commission for that for a top-down um, tyrannical structure in in the New Testament. The, the 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 place that that describes the Catholic Church in the New Testament, I believe, is the second beast of Revelation 13. That's how God saw the church. Well, shall we move to the next category? Yes, of course. Uh, Judeo-Christianity hates Christian identity. The churches have been Judaized. <laughs> That's an understatement. Absolutely. Because they believe Jews are God's chosen people. And, and they end up worshiping Jews instead of Christ. So... You know, they're naturally repelled by any other idea, especially Christian identity, uh, which would be considered racist and anti-Semitic. Um, well, the Jews have really done their, their homework on how to uh, mesmerize people's minds. And uh, probably their masterpiece is the Holocaust. Judeo-Christians have accepted the Holocaust almost as a religious dogma. Uh, almost the suffering of the Jewish people is more than the suffering of Christ on the cross. And it's a great uh, propaganda tool to deceive our people. Uh, this 
Jewish influence reaches into the seminaries and government, media, the economy, medicine, just so many areas of life, uh, so that for fear of the Jews, especially our politicians, um, these antichrists are above reproach. And, and the truth about Jews is therefore hated and despised, so much so that hate crime or hate speech laws have been passed uh, right here in our own generation in, in America. I think it's worse in Canada, where uh, the Jews have a, a much stronger uh, stranglehold uh, on the churches. Well, well absolutely. Uh, I'm sorry, go on. Well, I was just going to mention, even Tea Party activists uh, don't like Christian identity by their overwhelming support of the, uh, the Israelis. They're basically so neocons. When they first started, I remember some uh, identity folks uh, trying to get their foot in the door and influence people, but uh, I think the Jews were in the midst and uh, were watching over any type of infiltration so that uh, the Tea Party is really somewhat of a Marxist dialectic. And... Uh, even though it, it claims uh, to be politically incorrect, it is politically correct. <laughs> well, well, absolutely. It, it is part of the dialectic, there's no doubt. that the, the, the most amazing thing to me, and, and I don't believe that we should really be attached to politics, but the, the most amazing thing to me in observing American politics these last 50 years is that the, the Jews were able to totally subvert the Republican Party for Jewish interests and, and label that as patriotic. I, I mean, the Republicans, there, there have always been the Rockefeller Republicans. That was basically the, the Jewish wing of the Republic, Republican Party that they've always had control over it for the last hundred years. There's no doubt. But, but ever since Ronald Reagan, that they have been able to build a paradigm in the Republican Party and, and label it as, as patriotic and, and nationalist and, and good and, and in the eyes of wholesome American people and, and get them to buy into this. It, it's amazing that they have basically created their own religion within this Republican Party and the Tea Party is a part of that. It's not Christian. It's not pro-American. It, it's... It, it's Jewish. It, it's basically, you know, Ronald Reagan, you know, played himself up as the great patriotic conservative, and, and he, he was an anti-American, anti-Christ globalist. It's amazing the way they've spun this, Repu this Republican Party and, and, and used it as a propaganda vehicle to get Christian America to do their bidding. So, so I that. Look at the word politic. Uh... Poly means many, and tick is a blood-sucking insect. Well, well, right. That's exactly <laughs> what we have. Well, well, anyway, that, that's, aside, that, that's besides the point. Uh, I mentioned in my program last night that World War II happened because Hitler had to be destroyed. The Holocaust propaganda what was then used to, to, to ensure that another Hitler would not rise up. It, it's been extremely effective. It, it's... Wow, it's it's got to be one of the most effective lies in history. It really is a struggle between lies and the truth. And um, what we do in Christian identity is we bring forth the truth, and it really blows apart the, the lies.
But what were we doing? What what we should do in Christian identity is love the truth, seek the truth, and if somebody comes along that, that's presenting ninety percent truth, but but doesn't believe that Jesus Christ is God, or, or thinks that. Hitler was evil, or any of these other things that, that do divide us and do stand against the truth. Well, we have to reject those people. We can't just say, uh, I'm going to listen to this guy because I like some of the things he says, and, and um, I'll overlook the Hitler stuff, or I'll overlook his, his denial of the divinity of Christ. That that's why we're we're never ever going to be effective. We're we're never going to gain the favor of our God with compromise. We have to reject those people that that are sowing leaven into the body of Christ. They have to be rejected totally. They have to be ostracized. Well, that brings up somebody I'd like to talk about. That's a good example of that, David Duke a nominal practicing Judeo-Christian who takes uh, Galatians 3.28 and says on page 262 of his book, My Awakening, quote, The message is very clear and very simple. Salvation of Jesus Christ is open to all who believe in him, male or female, Jew or Greek, slave or free, end quote. Now, Duke cannot accept what CI advocates, even though he had quite a few Christian identity supporters in the past. Um, in the same chapter, he calls Christian identity, and he should know better, a denomination. And we've never been a denomination. No. And he says that he prayed about the issue of who the original Israelites were. And um, I don't think he waited for an answer. He says he concluded that he would keep, quote, his more traditional Christian attitude about Jews. He then makes the false assertion that we, Christian identity, are united with all racially conscious white people in the struggle ahead. Well, this is a lie of someone who cares so little for Christian identity truth that he yokes us together with unbelievers. I think this just shows disrespect, and, and disrespect is uh, something that's hateful. Well, well, it's a totally flippant attitude towards other people's beliefs. No, no doubt. Well, and I know he, people that knew him, and, and he knows what Christian identity was about, and that was a, a fairly flippant paragraph, uh, uh, just sloughing off Christian identity as if it's uh, uh, a small blip on the radar. Uh, you know, he's he's a nominal Christian at best, uh, who I don't think um, reads between the covers. Well, well, David Duke, you know, there's a lot of identity Christians that support him, and, and they shouldn't support him at all. He, he obviously has no care for identity Christianity or for truth. He's just another run-of-the-mill Judeo-Christian who... Happens to pretend to be a racist. He pretends to so be a racist. It should, should be noted that he's now on the uh, Jeff Rents radio network and uh, Don Black as well, the uh, proprietor of uh, Stormfront. And uh, Jeff Rents, uh, in case people don't know, 
is a Jew. Yeah, yes, he is. And, and no self-respecting Christian white nationalist or, or white nationalist should have anything to do with Jeff Rents. He is a Jew. They, 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 he, he's evidently well-funded. He, he gets his money from somewhere. I don't think he gets it from his gold advertisers. He, he's advertising gold. That, that, that's the first red flag. It's, you know, identity Christians should not be paying any attention at all to David Duke, to Don Black, to Jeff Rents, all of these clowns, these antichrist bastards, should, should basically be ostracized by identity Christians. We shouldn't listen to them. We shouldn't repeat their blather, even if we like something in particular, which they said. You know, that the... Um, the, the old adage about the serpent in the garden telling half truth and half lie. It, 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 where do we draw the line? We should draw the line at, at the, the seeking of 100% truth and rejecting all the lies and all the people like David Duke who, who propagate those lies. So, so we shouldn't accept these people. What self-respecting white nationalist would be unequally yoked together with the likes of that brother Nathaniel. Now, there's a clown for you. Well, well, brother Nathaniel is definitely a circus clown, and and he's also a part of the controlled opposition. There's no doubt. He he is the Jew turned anti semite that makes Christians look like clowns. And, and any Christian, any self-respecting Christian that's going to his website is facilitating him and, and, and is facilitating that, that clownery. You're, you're, when you go to these people's websites, when you share their links, when you share their videos, you're helping them be clowns. And, and that makes you a clown. You know, um... Another reason why some people hate Christian identity and Judeo-Christianity is uh, they too uh, casually take the word of somebody else for the truth, and that's really just sloth, and, and they're too apathetic to uh, study for themselves. So they'll forever be baby Christians feeding on the milk of the word when they should be maturing in Christ and, and feeding on strong meat. But maybe that's... Uh, the calculated agenda of Judeo-Christianity is to keep them in an infant state forever. Yeah, you know, the, the, the imagery that we see in, in, I think it was the book of Judges, you may correct me, I, I don't really know the Bible, <laughs> that, that the story of Gideon, he, he started out with 30,000 men, he, he led them down to the river to drink, and, and Yahweh told him to only choose out the men who raised the water to their mouths, and what we have is we have tens of thousands of, of people on the Internet who, who are dunking their heads into the river and sucking up all the slop. And that when David Duke and Nathaniel Kavner and Don Black and Jeff Rance and all these other clowns float down the river, they suck up their slop because they won't. laughing water like a dog. Right. Dogs is a euphemism for non-whites in the Bible. Right. Well, well, you know, those people that dunked their heads in the river and sucked up the water like a, like it was like it was slop, that those people were 
put aside by Yahweh and, and the 300 men, the, the 1% who raised their hands up to their faces and, and well, were more discerning of what they were drinking, those men were chosen to uh, accompany Gideon. I think Judeo-Christians like us because, let's face it, they, they really are the apostate church uh, because they've fallen away uh, from the law and the prophets. Um, they, they don't consider the Old and New Testaments together. And, and that's what Christian identity is about. We take both Testaments. Um, Christ said, I came not to destroy the law and the prophets. And uh, uh, that, that's very much a part of Christian life. Paul talked in, a, in, in his epistles about the systemization of deception. Judeo-Christianity is the pinnacle of that. It's incredible. The, all of the, well, well, it's not one disconnect. It's thousands of cognitive disconnects that these people maintain every day. It's incredible. I'm saying that, you know, not all uh, churches are antinomian, but uh, when you take... Uh, uh, a faith like Christian identity uh, who believes in the law and is racist to boot, <laughs> well, then that's too much for them. Absolutely. They, they've fallen away from the racial integrity uh, that's right there in the Bible. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting but God. That they call us racist, and, and uh, I, get, I get hate mail all the time from Judeo Christians that say I'm going to go to hell because I'm a racist. And then when I ask them, well, can you cite me the, uh, the law that condemns uh, racism? Of course, I, I've never gotten a, an answer back from any of them quoting Scripture. But... Um, well, when they do quote they, Scripture, they're butchering it. Right. It, it's Judeo-Christian uh, Christian identity of only being a recent phenomenon, but uh, the name of our movement isn't what's important uh, in that regard. It's, it's the principles of what we represent. Uh, they've been around since the time of Christ. You know, well, well right, absolutely. And separatist and other kind of maverick manifestations of Christianity with a racial consciousness, and you know, some of which were underground and uh, a minority um, compared to the you know, state-approved church that was more part of the ruling establishment and being subservient to the sovereignty of Christ. And uh, it's just wickedness in high places. has been a smear job on Christianity for 2,000 years. Just another reason why some people hate not only Christian identity, but any form of Christianism. So they're really kind of um, masquerading as Christians, only um, to plant their little weed patch of tear. <laughs> and uh, it, it's a Judeo-Christianity is really a religion of race mixing, uh, which is an element of Baal worship. Some um, of their leaders may not even be white. There's Billy Graham and Oral Roberts and, and Paul Crouch, all of whom have mixed blood. Joel Osteen. 
Christians that they they absolutely hate Christian identity because of the race issue, as you pointed out. That that's the biggest issue. The law, per, you know, that perplexes them. But they hate racists. That they are really useful tools for Jews, for world Jewry. I said last night that again, I've said it before that Judeo Christianity was that that the Jews bought and paid for it at the end of the 19th century. And, and it was the best investment they ever made. Yeah, one of the most uh, unforgettable moments I had when I ran for political office, when I ran with the sole intent of promulgating Christian identity, which is a rather interesting enterprise, <laughs> I, I remember this one lady came up to me after a, a candidate's forum one evening, and she said, you make me want to vomit. <laughs> That's always made me uh, laugh upon reflection. Yeah, yeah, you know, if somebody said that, my first... is my... so ingrained into their mentality of um, uh, multicultural diversity and, and tolerance and, and all of these other, they're not virtues, they're vices of of Hinduism and, and other religions, it's not Christianity. Well, well, absolutely. It, it's ecumenicalism. It, it's that all, all of the New Age religions of, of the 60s that the socialists wanted to, the communists wanted to interject into Christianity, that they were very effective at doing that. You know, it's tough for a lot of uh, folks in Christian identity to reach friends and family with our message. Um, there's no silver bullet uh, to reach anyone. It's, you plant the seed and, and you pray that God will open their eyes, and that's about all we can do. You can't force people to believe the, um, the racial message. Well, well, on one occasion in my life, I, I had somebody come back to me after like four or five years and tell me, after they had rejected me for that long, tell me that they thought I was right. <laughs> so that that's only happened once, but you can plant that seed, and it can take root four or five years later. Four or five years later, God will hit that switch on that person, and, and they'll have some sort of epiphany, and think back to what you said to them, and say, wow, he was right. Well... Sometimes all it takes is to experience a real-life Jew or being mugged by a Negro or some such event as that that opens their eyes. But their, their understanding uh, of uh, non-whites is, for the most part, from TV and movies and, and Jewish media. 
go on to the next category, uh, pagans in Christian identity. And um, this is particularly, uh, aside from the worldly and occult pagans, but rather um, her own kindred who think the, uh, the Norse gods are the religious heritage of our race. And um, uh, most of the... Um, Odinist or Wotanist or a Sutro that I've ever had any dealings with uh, really have this idea ingrained in their head that Christianity is Jewish. And Christian identity can explain that perfectly if, if they got an open mind to, to listen. Um, we do reach some pagans. Uh, because I think deep down in their heart, they're white, and so uh, the New Covenant has the, uh, the law in their heart and their mind. And so I think in their heart of hearts, they know that Thor or Odin are not real deities. But they're cool. They're, they're just mythological characters. They're not the same as the creator of the universe. Well, well, you know, it, it's well, a shame. Uh, I've uh, I've um, many times confronted pagans that that they claimed that um, the Roman Catholic Church rites what were taken from them, but which is absolutely silly when you think in terms of Germanic paganism, where the Roman Catholic Church rites came came from the East. Therefore. And, and the Asatru guys are, 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 are the, the ones that most exhibit this cognitive disconnect. If the Roman Catholic Church rites came from the East, that, then the Germanic peoples must have come from the East. The, the pagans claim that the Roman Catholic Church got its rites and ceremonies from them, and then they mimic the Roman Catholic Church. It's that there's a lot of. Um, cognitive lapses in, in the followers of Asatru and, and other related sorts of paganism. The, the um, Odin, for instance, that word Odin is the same word in linguistically and in meaning as the Hebrew word Adon. And, and we see the manifestation of that word in the Greek Adonis and, and Adon, it is Lord in Hebrew, and, and Odin is, well, well the, the high god of the, the Odinists, and, or the Asatru people, or the, the northern pagans. And, and Odin in the, in the Eddas was called the All-Father. So, so basically, he's the Lord who is the Father. What, what we have there is a Hebrew paradigm. And, and when you bring that to their attention that they reject it. They make excuses for it. They won't accept it by any means. It, it's but clear to me... suggest that um, they were Israelites. They simply migrated to the Scandinavian countries. Well, well absolutely. That They are certainly um, the, 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 the original bearers of these beliefs were these Scythian portions of the Scythian tribes who came from the children of Israel. There's no doubt that they were cast off from before the face of Yahweh for their paganism. 
that they made all these pagan elaborations on, on, on their core beliefs, and, and that was those elaborations are later reflected in, in the Eddas and the other Germanic poetry. Now, that these neo-pagans, because there's a huge gap in, in, in the history of paganism, that these neo-pagans pick up this Germanic literature and, and they, they want to think that it's distinct from Eastern tradition and, and they're fooling themselves. It, it, it is Eastern tradition retold in, in, in a, a northern perspective. It, it's, um, I think what they don't understand or fail to appreciate is that in Christianity, um, our God is absolute. There, there's no room for any other deities. And so, naturally, the, the first commandment is, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So, it, it's natural for the Christian to discriminate against false gods. And, and they somehow feel threatened, I don't know, or um, insulted uh, without realizing that we're just following true to our own faith. Well, well pagans will, will, will dismiss Christianity as Jewish that by doing that, that they are actually um, agreeing to the lies of the Jews. They are facilitating the Jews and their lies. And, and they well, don't even see it that way. They don't even understand that. Yeah. And if they were informed about Judaism, they would know that it's, it's not monotheistic, it's pantheistic. Judaism has many gods. Absolutely. The, the, um, the, the biggest... In the Talmud is called the Jewish people themselves. The, the biggest single obstacle that I have seen and, and, and experienced with trying to persuade pagans to Christianity is morals. Most of today's pagans have been weaned on Jewish television, Jewish movies, Jewish video games, that they, they Jewish me, other forms of Jewish media, that they believe that the immoral world is their ideal world, that they absolutely reject Christian morals. That's a huge hurdle. And that's what the Jewish movies always depict, is hedonism and self-gratification and debauchery. Absolutely. So, so pagans, that they, they, they hate Christian identity because they see it as Jewish, and, and basically they're becoming tools for the Jews. I've, I've encountered pagans with, with the fact that, that the Jewish usurers had pretty much a free reign in pre-Christian Rome, in pre-Christian Greece, in, in pre-Christian um, Babylonia and, and Persia and in Spain, that the Jews were having one hell of a time in Spain before Christianity came along. Christianity, the establishment of Christianity in Europe, basically ostracized the Jewish users from society. Christianity is the only thing that's ever been an effective defense against the Jews. It, it was for a thousand years in the medieval period when we let that defense down, now the Jews rule over us. The pagans, that they refuse to acknowledge that history. Paganism has never been an answer to the Jews. It's always been a tool of the Jews. And it's Canaanite in its very essence. 
Well, the, the next category is is uh, pretty much the same deal. Um, atheist, atheist hate Christian identity, and uh, without realizing it, their their objections are not really with us, but with God. Well, well, absolutely. Atheists are also, you know, the the the, the Jews that are, have always been the greatest proponents of atheism in in Western thought, and atheists again are tools for the Jews that they um, that they they would buy the Jewish religion of evolution and, and accept it as scientific, and not even realize that therefore. Man becomes their god. Yeah, that was never more pronounced than in communism. And communism is Jewish, and uh, communism is not dead, contrary to popular opinion. Uh, they still have plans for a Pax Judaica, a world, new world order run by Jews, um, and uh, that is without. Right. Uh, Americans are really um, short-sighted and, and ignorant of history, and, and they may think that the Soviet Union were, were, were the purveyors of communism or German philosophers, and, and, and really the only purveyors of communism throughout history have, have been Jews. Communism is the political expression of the Talmud. Jews are famously uh, atheistic. Uh, and they even get along with religious Jews. Well, well, they're Jews first, because they put their own God first, and the, the Jews are their own God, their own Messiah. Yeah. Well, the next category is white nationalists, and we've been talking about them already. I just wanted to touch on uh, one aspect of white nationalists. Uh, and this is just a generalization, but... Uh, by and large, they put the creature or race before the creator. And, you know, there, there would be no racial message of the Bible if it were not given by inspiration of God. I was reminded of um, um, the order, Bob Matthews, the order, and... If people are Googling Christian identity, that will usually come up, and, and they always paint us with this brush that we're uh, militant uh, terrorists. Well, that was just a, an anomaly at the time in the 1980s. And Bob Matthews put race for the creature before the creator. He mixed the order with some Christian identities, identity people, and some Odinist. Right. And uh, deity mixing is just as abhorrent to God as race mixing. And that's why I think they were a failure. Well, well right. I've had times, and, and, and I have podcasts and papers aimed at um, attracting white nationalists to look at Christian identity, but I don't want Christian identity to... to um, it, it, it can't really be... A bedfellow with secular white nationalists. Two can't walk together unless they be agreed. But we can't 
there's always going to be enmity and strife between identity Christians and and so-called secular white nationalists. Secularism it is a, it is the the primary tool of Jewry in, in its assault on Western civilization. Secularism has been the private, primary vehicle. Christians, secular means worldly in Latin. Christians must are supposed to hate the world. We are not supposed to be worldly. We cannot walk step in step with people who are secular. It's anti-Christian. We have to separate ourselves from the world because we're given a divine command to do so. And it seems white nationalists get their little feelings hurt when um, we won't play in their sandbox, you know? Well, well, absolutely. I've, I've had vehement attacks against me this last couple of years by white nationalists, and, and um, they, they, they refuse debate or discussion so far. It, it's, um, and, and there's probably nothing good that could come out of a debate with white nationalists, because white nationalists, the ones I've encountered that, that reject Christian identity, they have no care or no knowledge of classical history and, and ancient inscriptions and, and, and scripture in, in order to see the truth of Christian identity. And that they would rather cling to these fantasies about um, Aryan cultures originating in Northern Europe. They're absolute fantasies. And, and, and they're depending on public education or the Judeo churches or movies, uh, then, yeah, they're, they're not going to get it. They're, no, they're absolutely not. They're missing reality. Right. White nationalists are basically denying the entire foundation of, of Western civilization. As far as I'm concerned. They deny it all. So, so they're basically denying their own fathers and generations of them. Well, I'm looking at the clock here, Bill, and I would like to... Uh, well, well, we have a good 30 minutes, so I, have to be, I mean, we right. could go that far. The, uh, the last category I have here is uh, the hateful leaven within Christian identity itself. And... Uh, I started this program talking about liars and false accusers, and um, we have them in Christian identity. Even though they may call themselves Christian identity, I think they, if they lie and they accuse falsely, they can't love Christian identity. They can't be Christians. No. Matthew ten twenty two says, And ye shall be hated by all men for my name's sake. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. So, you know, we're not immune from uh, universalists or their sympathetic cronies who like to sweep the dirt under the rug. Uh, and I think that's why a program like this um, is raising a standard of vigilance, that we have to be vigilant uh, 
racial message and and cast their pearls before swine, giving our message to people that aren't white, that are mongrels, and uh, and this is a problem. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but. Uh, There's some debaters who hate Christian identity because all they want to do is argue. Now, I don't know if these people have an emotional issue or if they have an agenda, but I know it's not good uh, for Christian identity. Well, well in, in my last two years, I, I've measured what, whether people have an agenda by, by one thing, and that, that is whether or not they're willing to stand up and, and, and make a public denunciation of, of the universalists and, and now, lately, that the Messiah deniers, the Christ deniers, but within Christian identity, that there are certain people who have refused to do that, and even though that they say out of one side of their mouth that they agree in the racial message and, and racial purity and the divinity of Christ. Out of the other side of their mouth, they embrace the people who have infiltrated and corrupted those messages and the truths of Scripture. So, so they're, they're double-minded, and, and to me that proves that those people who have done that, and, and there's a few of them, they have agendas and no care for the truth. And those people should be identified by identity Christians, and they should also be ostracized. If you're in yeah, bed with Christ deniers, you're facilitating Christ deniers, you should be ostracized. I think that is such an important issue. Even if we weren't Christian identity, if we were just Christians, uh, it's it's a basic belief in Christianity is the deity of Christ, and it's just as bad as the Paul bashers, and um, in, in their their animated um, uh, teachings. Uh, or mesmerizing, I, I don't see how people can take the bait and go along with these characters. Paul Bashers are another basic, class. They have to go. It's such a basic teaching, you know. Um, but I, I read First Timothy 6, 4, and 5. He is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words. Whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. Absolutely. So I have struck such strong feelings about this that years ago I put in our church guidelines that those types of people that deny the deity of Christ would not be welcome in our fellowship. Well, well absolutely, they shouldn't be welcome. And, and, and when I... Um you know, my first two years in, in, in out of prison, right, and, and involved in this at the level I am now, I, I let my forum run wide open. I, I did a lot of things just because I was, I was um, 
Well, well, just getting my feet wet in, in, in the outside Christian identity community, and, and I let a, a lot of people, I gave them a lot of rope and found out within that two-year period who I thought was um, what was worthy of my time and who wasn't. And, and since then, I've really clamped down the Christiania Forum. I'll only let certain people in. It, it's by request only. I've um, curtailed a lot of my former associations because I found that those people had agendas or, or weren't true. I'm not saying that I can't be fooled again. It's as soon as we think we can't be fooled again, that that's pride and, and Yahweh our God is going to make sure we're fooled again. But, but what we have to be very careful about, the people that we accept, and we can't accept Christ deniers, and we can't accept anybody who would compromise on the race issue, and we can't accept anybody who wants to give credibility to some nigger or some Jew because they like part of their message. And all those people, if Christian identity is ever going to amount to anything, it has to stand for the truth and, and reject all the liars. So, so what we have to stand on those basic principles. God, ra God first, race second, and, and that the enemies of God have to all be um, discounted from our communion and from our attention. We can't facilitate the enemies of our God. So, so those three things, if we do those three things, well, well our reward is in heaven. If we don't do those three things, we will never amount to anything. Well, and our, our blessings are in fellowship also. Well, well, of course, fellowship with one another, but what, once we do those three things, we will be able to have fellowship. Even if there's only ten of us left, we'll be able to have fellowship. Right. I, I happen to uh, witness the... Um change in Christian identity in the uh, mid-1980s, I would say, when we were going full steam ahead, and it was growing by leaps and bounds, and uh, something happened. Uh, a lot of us saw change. Um, now, whether it was an increase in numbers or a whole bunch of new self-appointed leaders, um, there began several divisive doctrines that started tearing apart fellowships. And um, there's denominational baggage was creeping in and demanding a preeminent status from its proponents. Um, but we've spent the last 20 years, maybe it's a good thing, uh, it's forced us to deal with, with all of these uh, peripheral issues. And we should know uh, the Bible. Uh, and, and all of its doctrines. Uh, but what we see now is a lot of the, the silly tabloid-type stuff that some people think we should take seriously. And uh, this is uh, what I can only consider hateful leaven within 
identities. Well, well, absolutely, and it's another way to subvert what once people get inside and get some attention from Christian identity, that that then that they're bringing in the Zechariah Sitchins, the Jordan Maxwells, the the um, beforeitsnews.com trash. That that's a totally compromised site. They do nothing but lie. That the 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 constant agitation. That, that we are going to face severe um, trial right around the corner all the time. That the economy is going to crash next week. That the, the um, Eric Holder is going to come round us all up with, with, with the Marines next week. That the um, the world's going to end in three weeks. From Mexico, I've been hearing that one the last thirty years. Yeah, yeah, right. The the the, the country is loaded with Chinese soldiers, Russian soldiers. Um, Mexicans that that there's millions of hordes of uh, of Russian soldiers at the border. The whole, you know, Christians are told by Christ time and time again, do not fear what men can do to you. We should not fear the enemy. If we see America invaded by alien hordes tomorrow, we should rejoice because we know we have a promise in Ezekiel chapter 38 that Yahweh our God is going to destroy every one of the bastards. We should rejoice knowing, having faith, that that is going to happen as he promised. If we don't believe that, then we don't belong as Christians. So, so we well, should not fear what men do to us. Always. Go ahead. We should not buy into all these fear-mongering stories of, of these people who are looking to agitate us. Something that has always been an undercurrent, and it's a good thing in Christian identity, is repentance. Uh, the idea of humbling ourselves. Uh, and, and there's certainly a, a, a flip side to that. We have our fair share of, of those who refuse to change, those who are boastful and, and greedy. But um, uh, that, that's been the backbone uh, of identity since I've been in it. There's always been Second Chronicles seven fourteen and and uh, the idea of, of um, the Christian duty to uh, change from your former ways. Um, but there's another current, and that's what I call the the leaven of, of gradualism. It's a Jewish tactic of uh, inching its way into our midst. And uh, uh, I've been seeing this for over 30 years. And I just get so fed up. I know a lot of other people get fed up with it, too. Um, but I, I can only conclude that it's being done by uh, nefarious factions who, who really do hate Christian identity, uh, or else they're just youthful idiots. Uh, for bringing in pernicious ideas that are really detrimental to the fundamental message of, of uh, race in the Bible. My question to the Christian identity community who, who really loves God and their brethren, where do we draw the line and say this doctrine or that is an impediment to God's plan for the, the fundamental identity message of awakening our lost kindred as to who they are. I know there's some sincere people 
have their pet doctrines that are near and dear to them. But you see, these teachings, whether they're right or wrong, stand in the way of awakening lost Israel. There's so many of our people that are lost. Uh, and they're lost because of all these distractions. Um, I don't know, it's just, are we so jaded in our thinking that we can't see that potential victory uh, that this singular message alone carries uh, and is really the bane of our Babylonian adversaries in these last days? Well, well, you know, the gospel, part of the Part of the message in the epistles, not only Paul, but I believe also in Peter, is that our fearlessness in the face of our adversaries is an indication to the adversary of their destruction and an indication to us of our salvation. We must remain fearless in the face of all of these trials. Oh, uh, certainly. In, uh, in fact, uh uh, conversely, we should have the, the courage to boldly go forward. Uh, and uh, I, I figured it out early on that we have such a dynamic movement that surely the, the enemy is going to take measures to quench our spirit that, that would threaten their stranglehold. And, and so they do anything by becoming a part of it and thereby neutralizing its its momentum. I know they've done that with other things, so why not Christian identity, you know? Well, well absolutely. Uh, they, either uh, do it, they either do it by diluting our, our message with these screwball offbeat theologies or just outright psyops um creating hostilities, you know, the old divide and conquer. Uh, this is contrary to Christian conduct. I, um, again, this, this, if somebody's going to be a false accuser, a habitual, chronic false accuser, if, if we know that they're just lying through their teeth, they have no love of Christian identity. They hate it. Absolutely. And, and they're infiltrators who are purposely attempting to destroy it. I hope this program tonight has helped some of our brethren. I pray because we have to tighten our ship. Uh, I mean, if, if, if we're going to... Well, we don't care about the respect of the world, but we certainly should care about pleasing our God. And, and in order to do that, what we should observe his simple words in scripture and put away the as Paul says of fornicators in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 put away the evil the wicked ones from among us what we what we should stop accepting these heresies and stop accepting people that accept and and facilitate that these evil teachings There's a certain clown that I used to work with right now on his program doing um, Against Oneness Part 4, Denying the Divinity of Christ. He needs four programs to deny that. And, and that that's a, a, a sign right there. That man should be absolutely ostracized by any God-fearing Christian. Uh, 
and it, years ago, when uh, Sheldon Emery died, one of his successors was uh, Ben Williams, and he shocked everybody at the time by coming out with the uh, very heavy sophistry uh, denying the deity of Christ, and um, it, it was it was a clever distortion uh, of, of talking points, which was really an effort to draw attention away from the really important issues. Um, and unfortunately, he, he took a, a, a minority of people along with him. But, but at the time, he was pretty much ostracized and shunned uh, from Christian identity. He, he fell away. He's no longer accepted. And, and the same thing should happen today if anybody else that tries to do the same thing. Um, and we can do that. But we have to stay focused and um, be led by the Holy Spirit, and we'll do just fine. But we, we need to be clear on um, uh, who these people are and, and why they hate us, and it'll be a little bit easier then to um, recognize um, those red flags when they come along. I pray. You I pray. What well, we should probably do a what we should do probably do a reminder follow up of this program every four months because ev evidently to me there are many people that need it. I I'm not talking about anybody in particular this in, in the chat rooms tonight, but it, it's um it it has to be brought out pe periodically and 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 displayed for people to be reminded. Well, I dare say in four months it's going to be something brand new. <laughs> uh, uh, another um, crazy uh, theological distraction that tries to uh, gain our attention in, in some silly uh, arena that, that we shouldn't be in. Absolutely. Well, well, thank you for being here tonight, and and I pray that this is fruitful, and and, and I'm sure that it'll it, it'll help some of our kinsmen. I, I'm sure. I thank you for the opportunity, Bill, and I enjoyed it. Thank you. It, it's the feelings mutual. Praise Yahweh. This is William Fink, org. Mark Downey. His website, of course, is kinsmanredeemer.com. Uh, I um I will be here next week next Friday with um I believe well with the beginning of my presentation of the prophecy of Micah I will be here next Saturday tentatively with Pragmatic Genesis part 14 praise Yahweh and good night